Welcome to a podcast with Aaron Schultz. Men's mental health matters. Live life with an outback mind. Thank you very much for joining in, guys. Uh, Live life with an outback mind, and thanks, Russell, for the great uh, intro there. Uh, Now, I have a really important guest on with me today, Ash Manuel. We're talking about gratitude. Ash is pretty much an expert in this area. comes from an education background and uh, basically now educates people, educates people, uh, young people primarily, to be able to understand gratitude, adapt it, adopt it into their lives, the power of gratitude, the power of actually acceptance, uh, the power of being grateful and what that can do for our well-being rather than being negative and uh, shameful and fearful and judgmental and all those lower levels of awareness that we uh, sometimes get trapped in. So Ash and I are going to have a pretty good jam session about that and it's something that I need to probably bring into my game more and more. I seem to get stuck in the uh, the negative sometimes myself, you know. All the work that I do on myself, sometimes I do become judgmental of myself, you know, but the opposite of that is to, to be grateful and, uh, you know, to be able to actually use that as a practice I think is really important for every human being. So I'm going to learn a lot from this chat and I'm sure you will as well. I uh, just wanted to make special mention to The Real Shift. So if you are looking to make some changes in your life, uh, and you want to try and uh, change some habits. These guys have got a great uh, nine-week deep dive program where they take people on a journey of self-discovery to unlock some of the traps that uh, we maybe suck in. And uh, they've got another course coming up soon. If you'd like to check them out and support them, it's therealshift.com. If you go to therealshift.com forward slash deep dive, you'll see a bit about the program. Mention the Outback Mind podcast and you'll get a 10% discount. It's pretty cheap. It's about $1,000. Uh, but you'll get 10% off that and it's a great investment in yourself to help you, uh, you know, unlock and um, uncover the power that you've got within yourself. They're really good at doing it, this, uh, doing it these guys, Mick and Amy Stu, so I really encourage you to help them out, check them out. Also, if you could please support the Outback Mind Foundation, I'd be really grateful. We need all the help we can get to be able to get out there and do some work in the communities and uh, workplaces around men's health. So if you'd like to jump on the website, the Outback, oh, sorry, uh, outbackmind.org.au, um, look at uh, support us and uh, some donation options there. So I'd be really grateful for any support you could uh, you could provide us. Or uh, if you know a business that might be keen to partner with us, we'd be keen to have a chat. Alrighty, appreciate your feedback uh, with this chat with uh, Ash and I. Please email me support at outbackmind.com.au. G'day, Ash. Aaron, how are you, mate? Thanks for having me. Oh, love, lovely to have you here, mate, talking about an important topic. So we're going to dive deep into that and a lot of um, a lot of the stuff around it all. But, um, mate, um, I'd love to know a bit about you uh, being a, a, an Adelaide boy and sort of growing up over there in that environment and sort of how life sort of evolved for you as a young fella. Absolutely, mate. So, yeah, as, uh, well, I was actually born in the... Uh Riverland, regional South Australia. Whereabouts? Uh, in Berry. Oh yeah. Uh, in South Australia, and uh, my dad was a teacher, and he was from Adelaide. He moved up there to teach, and met my mum, who was from Remmer. Then, uh, yep. One thing led to another, and I was born in uh, <laughs> born in Berry, um, oh, and then we moved to Wyla, um for teaching, and my dad's teaching, and then we left um, there when I was about four or five and came to Adelaide, and um, grew up in a yeah, great environment, sporty environment. Um, my mum's side. Of the family is a Micken. Um, yeah, right, Mark. My, yep. My uncle Mark played football for the Brisbane Bears and the Adelaide Crows. Um, and also my auntie Pat played uh, basketball for Australia. And it was my dream to follow in their footsteps and play professional sport. My two sports were cricket and footy. Mm-hmm. Um, was tracking quite well, but um, just fell a bit, bit short in <laughs> making a career. So I captained the other 17 state cricket team, um, played sample football for South Adelaide and went through all the squads but just didn't quite make it to that um, level mm. um, required. So looking back now, I think in that space I had the, had the skills but I didn't really have the mental 
fitness, if you like, to go to the next level. Mm. Um, and that's just something that looking back on now, and I guess we can go into that today, but there's some of the skills I wish I learned when I was younger. Yeah. Um, when I learned as an adult, and as I said, I wish I learned those when I was younger, but yeah, I had, had a great childhood, very sporty, um, very driven, um, and I think that's helped me later in life for sure, but um, yeah, I had a great childhood growing up. Mm, amazing, mate. Yeah, no, you're right, and just hitting on that, you would have been pretty hard on yourself to perform and achieve, and you know, you were probably not satisfied with a lot of the, the stuff you did. You were always trying to maybe prove yourself, but uh, maybe maybe the antidote to that was being grateful for what you had done and then taking each opportunity as it come. Oh, absolutely. And, so, and even just like really um, stripping back and understanding how lucky we are to have like, the opportunity to play sport. Mm. Like, I just took it for, for granted yep. um, because the, the clubs that I played for were always there. Um, my mum and dad driving me there was just expected because it's just always something they did. But yeah. But looking back on it, having that perspective now, it, it changes everything. And just having a club to actually play for and having all those volunteers, um, particularly a local club, who make it happen, like, it gives us the opportunity. And, and I didn't really think of it like that. I thought, probably a bit entitled, um, very a bit selfish, didn't know how to handle a challenge that came up, whether that's poor team performance or personal performance. Didn't have the tools needed, really. Yeah. None of us did, mate. What year were you born? Carl, and Whoop, I lost you. Sorry. Yeah, so both... Got you back, mate. Yeah, excellent. So, yeah, just, yeah, just saying that... Um, Welcome to it. Just didn't have the, the tools to deal with the challenges that came up. And and not not only for sport, but just in life in general. Like, um, yes, it was probably driven by sport because I was obsessed with it as a teenager. But then it affected other areas of my life, like schoolwork, um, mm. friendships, family. So... Having those tools, uh, whether you're like a young person growing up learning them or as an adult, doesn't matter. We're just talking off um, before we start recording. It doesn't matter if you're a three-year-old or a hundred three-year-old. These are skills that we can all benefit from, mm. and just depends on where we are in our life and what we're doing at our age. Um, there's different ways we can learn and, and practice them um, depending on where we're at. But we just wish I learned these skills about being grateful, um, empathetic, and kind and reflecting on the good things that happen at a much younger age yeah. than I've learned now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, the education system and the pathway, because we're, we're pretty much performers, aren't we? You know, we're either performers uh, in sport or performance in some form where we're really critical of ourselves and the society that we live in is critical on us. The education system becomes critical on us and then we're judged when we move into the workforce and we're just expected to perform and, and that's where a lot of us become ungrateful and miserable because we're sort of out of alignment a bit perhaps mm, yeah absolutely and, and it's not just yeah absolutely 100% agree with what you're saying and also if talking about the workplace if we are going to the workplace sometimes we're taking um, things in our personal life to our work and it affects our performance as well mm. um, so it's good to have those tools to be able to I guess be your best to perform in the workplace or sporting environment where it is because of Things come up in our life that are going to impact us. Yes. We can't avoid it. It's, it's going to happen. But the idea is that we, it's like learning a skill in a sport. You go to training, you practice those skills to execute them in a game. Yes. Exactly the same with this. We can learn and practice these skills when things are going really well. And then when we need them, we've got those, that tools, the tools and the little exercises and the, the little interventions to help us when we most need them. Yeah, and absolutely. And that helps in so many areas of life, whether it's work, family, friends, however it might be. Yeah, mate, it's, it's interesting being human and, um, you know, one thing that I'm passionate about is to, like, manage the nervous system and actually, like, have the the ability to flow through your day quite well rather than sort yep. of, you know, get trapped in um, some of the, you know, the negative things that might pop up or whatever, but just to have the, the, the ability for, for things to not um, you know bombard you so you can move through stuff when it does become challenging, I think it's really important. Yeah, definitely. And I think that the great thing is about it is that we can actually practice these skills. Yeah. So, you, I mean, it can, it just can't, I know I probably might repeat myself a few times here, but it's so important that we do practice so when the, the time comes, we can execute those skills. So, you, as you say, like going through the day like smoothly, or however you like to describe it, it's um, if things do come up, 
we know how to put things in perspective. I, I like to use self-talk. Yeah. So it, everyone like uses self-talk, but if we can use it in a, a way to serve us, and whether that's um, overcoming little challenges that happen in the day, like one thing that I've done, and I wish I again learned as younger is coming from a place of being great, like using my self-talk coming from, from a place of being grateful to put things in perspective. Mm. Like as an example, like pre, um, something might happen today, whether it's a, you know, something at work or family or something like that. However it is, you might just say to yourself, well, today's just been one of those days, things aren't going my way. But you know what? Maybe it's not so bad after all. I've yeah. still got um, a home to go home to. Um, I can't wait to hang out with my mates tonight. I've got a dinner at the pub. I'm really looking forward to that. So I'm really grateful for these things. So maybe the reason why I'm upset isn't so bad after all. Mm, and, yeah. yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that that might sound a bit airy-fairy, but it helps. It, it can help you just, I guess, um, emotion, well, it's emotional regulation, like regulating yourself to put things in perspective. Yes. Coming from a, a place of being grateful. And it's not easy to do, but again, it takes practice. Um, not just knowing what being grateful is, like we all do, but actually doing it is the difference. And then what you might find is that you do. You, it's easy to put things in perspective when you are having those challenging times. Absolutely, mate. It's it's interesting um, when I did the introduction before I spoke about myself and how sometimes my negative mind can kick in and I can be really self-critical of myself. But I know that's there for a reason. But mm. but when I go to bed at night and I, if I stop and think about some of the great things that happened throughout the day. It's amazing, you know, what actually what actually occurs that we don't sort of pay attention to. Um, yep. Yeah, and if I say thank you, if something negative happens or something not right doesn't happen, uh, I'll say thank you because I'm learning something from it possibly rather than actually like getting stuck in that negative emotion. Yep. You know, yep. Like try, and, try and be aware of that as much as I can. Mm. Absolutely. I think it's a great strategy. That's a strategy that obviously works for you, isn't it? And and having those little strategies that work for us is so important because mm. what worked for for you, Aaron, might not work for me and vice versa. Yeah, that's but right. just finding what works for you and always tell if it's adults or kids, like always do like a mood shifter activity. So getting to check in with Aaron at the moment where on a scale of minus 10, where you're probably going through a really rough time, um, and if it's a, a workshop or whatever, you probably shouldn't be there because you're dealing with some kind of tragedy or major issue. Mm. To um, minus five, where you might just be in a bit of a bad place or having a bad day. Zero, yeah, things aren't too bad. I'm pretty good. Plus five, things in life are going really well. And then plus 10, things couldn't be better. Yes. And get him to check in on that at the time. And then um, play a bit of a funny video because one of the things that science tells us is that laughter can improve our mood. Mm. Um, but the, the discussion after that is, okay, well, if you're having a bad day, who's the only person who can improve your food? It's, it's yourself. Yes. It's us. Yep. So listen to a podcast. You can get some ideas on what you can do or reading a book or um, professionals like psychologists or counselors giving you ideas. But you've got to execute them and practice them. Mm. So four or two things that I do if I'm having a bad day and it doesn't have to be a bad day necessarily but you could do it anyway to, um, as a part of a routine like for example exercise for me exercise is my number one go-to if I'm in a bad mood mm. because I know that works for me and it puts me in a better mood yes um, and if I can't exercise at the time I'll use that strategy about reflecting on the things that I'm grateful for and that just helps shift my mood say from a minus five back towards that zero where maybe I'm not it's not so bad after all mm. and help me get moved back to more that neutral state of mind where it's not so bad but um it's important to highlight that works for me it might not work for you but what does work for you and some um, people say music listening to music or um gardening or playing with pets or having that little trigger like you mentioned about saying thank you for a challenge that's come up because you learn something new mm. so um and i always encourage people to think well if you haven't got that strategy it's really important to find something that does work. Encourage people to actually do it, experiment, and find that mood shift that, that can improve your mood. So um, that's why I like to see it anyway, just having those strategies that, that can, you can call on when you most need them. Mm, yeah, amazing, mate. 
It's, uh, it's incredible, like, you know, as men and, and guys in particular, how when we wake up in the morning, our minds are on and, and how we, uh, we have our cortisol, um, you know, sort of high. And, you know, I always try and find that time or I do find that time in the morning to move and then sit because it helps create a neutral mind and mm. it, it balances both the, both the hemispheres, whereas, you know, one might be dominant and that's actually controlling your mood. I just think to be able to self-regulate, um, you know, and give yourself the ability to breathe, you know, through exercise is great because you're not focusing on it too much, but um, it just happens naturally. But uh, I just think those self-regulation practices, and if you can get into a routine of that, um, can, can really uh, benefit, um, you know, your, your, your functionality in life. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. And, it, and I probably did talk about, like, when things aren't going your way or you're having a bad day, but... It's, it's keep it part of a routine. Like every day, like um, my my exercise, my routine is get up at. I love getting up early. That's I love the, the morning's best part mm-hmm. of the day in my opinion. I love it. Yeah. Um, get up at the alarm goes up at four thirty. Get changed. Go to the gym. Come home. And as you said, exactly right. We'll do a bit of reading. Do a bit of breathing exercises. And it's a perfect perfect start for the day. And that's just a part of a routine mm. um, that I do. And that that works for me certainly to help get the best possible start. But then knowing that, well, hope it doesn't, but if um, knowing that it, things could possibly not go your way during the day, I've got those little tools along the way that I know work for me as well. Yep. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's just that consistent practice. That, that I think routines are really important. Habits, um, or, well, positive habits that serve you well are really good to have across, across the week, like you mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. Look, mate, you know, this, this uh, environment we're in is only young. It's only 250 years old since mm. white man's been on this land. But, uh, you know, the Eastern cultures always have this morning routine, ritual, whatever that may be, for them yep. to, to help them get grounded. You know, I reckon, I reckon that's really important as humans. But if you look at, you know, the way we're, we're trained and educated, it's always about being... Uh, being, you know, on and, uh, you know, maybe being in fear. The, the media really does uh, have a lot to answer for with regards to that, but the, at the same time, they're trying to sell us shit uh, as well. Mm. So, so just to be aware of that, to, to find time in the morning to turn inward, I just think is, uh, is fundamental for a human. No, oh, absolutely. All right, yeah, I like, um, well, it's cool, yeah, the inner self, isn't it? It's like, it's, it's about... It's, it's taking responsibility as well. Mm. Be, I think for yourself, like um, looking after yourself through what am I trying to say? With the um, you, you call it inward. Yeah, it's um, taking responsibility. I think that's what I'm self awareness. That's what I'm trying to say. Having that self awareness that like how you're feeling. Yeah. Whether you're in a, in a great mood or maybe you do need a little bit of work on yourself at extra work at the start of the morning, whatever it is. But mm. having that self awareness, looking inward. Um, as, a, as a routine and how you like to um, whatever works for you but it's, it's a huge part huge part of setting yourselves up for a, I guess a successful day and even if you're just taking things day by day like if you're in that space at the moment like yeah. just having those little things that help um, and having that self-awareness of understanding well okay as a bit of a preventive thing okay I'm not in the best mood today um, I know the triggers that make me angry maybe it's best I have that self-awareness to avoid those situations as well. Mm, that's right. Does that make- it does make sense, mate. Absolutely it does. Yeah. The more you do it, the more it just becomes part of you. And, um, um, you know, think about it, Ash. Like over the last 50 years, there's been a lot of change. Um, yep. You know, the, the need to be able to grab our attention is, is more profound than ever before. Um, you know, so you've got to be able to build your armour so you're sort of, um, you know, more resistant to, to that and the temptations and all that sort of stuff which can get in your way. And um, um, I just think, uh, you know, 50 years ago when your old man was going to work, he didn't really have all the stuff in his road like, you know, there is now. Like he wasn't checking his phone. He, he might have turned the radio on. Um, other than that, he, he had a nice sort of routine where he... Um, his day sort of, you know, worked pretty pretty fluently, and, and now we've got so much uh, distraction. To be able to be aware of that, I think, is uh, is very powerful. But the only way that can be achieved is through, you know, continually showing up, I guess, and, and making sure that you've um, 
got your own um, uh, awareness uh, in check, I reckon is, is, is really important as well. Mm, oh, definitely. And I think it's, and you made a good point, like those distractions and knowing what your distractions are, like for me, like you mentioned checking the phone, I'm shocking, I've got a bad habit of just picking up my phone looking at the sake mm. and not even really realise I'm doing it. Mm. Um, so now what I do is just leave my, if I'm going to do some work, I'll either leave my phone home yeah. or leave in the car. Um, because I know that's a real big distraction. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's right. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So it's just, yeah, you're right. It's just having that awareness about maybe, in this case, what does distract you so you can avoid those things. So sometimes it's good to add things, but it's also good to take things away. Sure. Um, just depending on what context it's in and what we're talking about, but uh, avoiding things, but also looking where we can add as well as, as a way to build these, I guess, positive habits and self-awareness, if you like. Mm. Think about the... Um the, the 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 mind right when the mind's getting a dopamine hit it's sort of getting you know a spike and then it'll come back and then it might go down then it might go up mm. and it might come down so it's interesting you know you're from adelaide when i was a young fella um my cousins would write me a letter from adelaide and i'd, I'd wait at the letterbox uh, when it was getting close to uh time that it might arrive and that might be five days or it could be could be seven you know but but you know that 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 excitement and that dopamine hit was short-lived and you know, you actually had an outcome. It was beautiful, but but now we're actually experiencing that sort of feeling. You know, multiple times a day. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's just that trigger, particularly when you we've got instant access to things, don't we? Like it's like the text message come through. Like the mm. you get that hit of dopamine when you hit, get, hear that buzz, or yeah, um, you hear it, you hear the sound of it, and even if you have your phone on silent and you see this red number two with these text messages or indicating you've got two messages like it, it, the they're professionals these phone companies and the social media people they know how to hit our mm. um trigger that dopamine hit yeah and it's so short-lived like and then because it's so so short-lived we're looking for another little hit aren't we yes. um not that i'm like a full-on scientist but <laughs> at all <laughs> but um that's what i understand it to be and it, it's true like it's um it does give us that little bit of hit of dopamine if we can find things that I guess, I don't know, yeah, more sustained happiness, I guess, isn't it? Is that mm. a good way to yes. look at the, it's more like instead of looking for those short little hits, what what really does make us happy, I guess, out in the real world and doing those things that we love. Nature is a big thing. Mm. Connection, connecting with other people. Um, I'm actually looking at a book right now that I can see called Lost Connections um, by a guy called Johan Hari. Mm-hmm. Um, a really good book. And... Yeah, it's actually titled Lost Connections, Why You're So Depressed and How to Find Hope. Mm. Um, and basically, this book is similar to what we're talking about in that he, this guy, Johan, he's a journalist, but he also got depression and he got put on um, antidepressants. Mm. So it made him feel good for a little bit of time, but once he started to get back to the depressed state that he was, even with the medication, they upped his dose. Yep. And it would just have that... Um, continual effect where he got adapted to it and then they'll keep boosting it and he had side effects like he said he put on weight um he just he just knew there was a different way so he's he's written a book about all these different ways that can um reduce depression like connection is one like connection being involved um, with other people whether that's he gives an example of like a gardening project in the community where people who hadn't left their houses for years um became a part of this um, pilot gardening project in the UK mm. and it had a massive impact and quite a few of those community gardens around at the moment um, in parts of like Australia and um, also nature, getting out in nature and um, experience like it's the fresh air and the, what nature has to offer to improve our mood. And um, it's a really, really good book and um, it's, it's a more of a, I guess, a lifestyle choice rather than those short little yeah. experiences or those hits that give us that dopamine hit. It's more of the um, sustained stuff, yeah. Sustained practices that we can participate in to improve our mood and um, put us in a good state of mind. Interesting, mate, isn't it? And, um, you know, think about it, uh, before white men arrived, the Indigenous people were doing that every day, you know. They, mm. they, yes. they, they, they were connected to nature consistently. So we're, we're being denatured in modern society. 
um, you know, all the time. Um, mm. You know, we're being denatured now doing this by being on devices and that sort of thing. But for me, when this is done, I'm going to get out and get my feet on the earth and I'm going to walk around and I'm just going to get back to it. And then when your mind gets out of the road, you connect with your heart more and then you start to actually see what's really going on. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's one of those things as well. Like it's Unless you haven't come across, I guess, a lot, a lot of the way of thinking, like you mentioned there, Aaron, I guess the way that I've been thinking over the last 12 or so years, it, we don't get taught it. And if you don't hear about it from other people, you don't read about it or you, you're not open to different things, you just don't realise these things can really help. Yeah. Um, so if, if people are listening and they haven't tried some of these things, um, I highly encourage you to try it. Some different things like with connecting with others, sports clubs are a fantastic way to connect with people. Um, getting in nature, going for walks, exercising, they're, they're things that can really improve our mood and um, having that positive reflection practice that you mentioned before, like at the end of the day, you're reflecting about the good things that happen. And they don't have to be major things. They can just be like the small little wins across the day, like even just getting out of bed and having like starting a day is a positive. Mm. Like some people don't wake up. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just that, like little short things that the good things, because as humans, we tend to focus on the negatives. Um, and there is research around that, and, and we're wired um, to focus on the negatives. That goes back from, um, like, the, what, what am I trying to say? The, um, when the hunters and gatherers, when they were um, trying to avoid, um, when people were hunting for their food, like, trying to avoid being eaten by predators, mm. um, and that's continuing on, that's the way our brain's been wired because um, I had to focus on those negative things to survive. Yes. And that's the way we're wired. And that's why the six o'clock news is seriously at the moment, why it's 99% negative. Mm. Um, oh. Because the news stations know it rates. So that's, that's why it is like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we can train our brain. Research tells us that we can train our brain to focus on the good things. Yeah. But it does take practice. And a simple way to practice is I love keeping a notepad next to my bed, and what I'll do, I'll write down, spend a minute or two writing about the best part about my day, um, write a couple of things that I did to help me, like it might have been exercised or ate a healthy meal, and also a couple of ways that I helped other people. Mm. Um, and it's a really good um, way to train our brains to focus on the good that we do. Yes. Um, as, yeah, but if we, if we don't know that, and we haven't come across this way of thinking, we just don't know there are other ways to help ourselves. Yeah, mate. My, my, my experience growing up was, you know, stress through school, stress into work, stress about work before I went to sleep, stress as soon as I got up, you know, mm. in that cycle. And a lot of people are in that still. Um, but, you know, I talk about having bookends now, like having that morning time to connect and that evening time to connect with yourself. And, and what yes. you just said, to be able to write stuff down or actually reflect and, and, and think about what, what actually happened, which is good. Now, I did that, I, I try and do it often, but the other night I, I was just on a roll of good stuff that happened throughout the day, you know, and, and none of that was forced. It just it was just things that happened, you know, and yeah. um, it's amazing what we actually miss out on because we're too worried about what hasn't happened or what, you know, what could or should have happened perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. It's just sometimes it just has to be like a yeah, small little win, even if it's like a business sense or um, whatever it is, like with relationships or work-wise, it doesn't have to be anything major, just focusing on those small little wins. It could it could even be simple um, starting a conversation um, like with somebody new or something like that mm. as a win, mm. like or introduce yourself to someone you've never met before. Simple stuff like that. Like it just doesn't have to be major, just some simple things that we can really focus on. Yep, slowing that, down too. Slowing down and just seeing what appears, you know, rather than rushing all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Very yeah. good point. Yeah, and that, that's what happens where our minds are busy. You know, that's why I was late getting to this conversation with you because I actually took time to speak to people. And, uh, and it's amazing what comes when you actually uh, are present enough to hear what, what's going on, you know, rather than sort of, oh, sorry, mate, got to go. You know, your you, you mind's yeah. somewhere else consistently. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you're right. So, such, yeah, it's we live in a fast-paced world, and it's it's been yeah, it's I don't know. It's hard. It's really hard to describe. I mean, young people who are growing up, they don't know any different. But mm. I guess reflecting 
as a 43 year old now reflecting back before like the technology was the way it is now like it's totally different mm. totally different and yeah, it's, it's we live in a, a fast-paced world and it's easy to just grab your phone text someone or talk um call someone but having those in-person conversations like you mentioned before and taking the time to listen to people it's actually if you can do that it's actually a skill now like yet used to be like just like normal stuff that happened today but if you can actually do that i think you stand out because it doesn't happen that often anymore mm, no that's right everyone's in a rush mate my my um my passion and purpose in this lifetime is to be able to help people slow down you know yeah because i was i was anxious consistently you know i i had to really challenge myself to 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 self-regulate and slow down and that's a big part of my life is to be able to meditate and do some yin yoga and that just to, to stop um and you know the the, the, the biggest gifts I've ever had in this life are, are being able to help people with that, you know, and just help people move through stuff just by actually, like, being able to, to just switch off and, and then reconnect to themselves, get out of the mind back into the heart again. I, I reckon once, once you do that with a human, they actually start to rediscover who they really are. You know, that, that's, mm. that's been lost since our young, young kids, uh, you know, for most of us. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's... Um... It's, yeah, what you're doing, mate, it's amazing because even for like, and for men, that's not easy as well. Mm. But it's, um, particularly I started to attend like something like a yeah, meditation class about four, probably seven or eight years ago. Um, I don't go to the actual class all the time now, but it was like a really, it was probably one of the best things I ever did. Because I was just, got, at the time, I was just going through a bit of a, a tough time, like I think we all do. Um, but I knew it was up to me to do something about it. And that's one of the strategies I thought, okay, I'm going to, check out meditation because my auntie was talking about it mm. as a way that really helped her. And I thought, well, if it's helped some, like, help someone like my auntie, I think <laughs> well, it might be able to help me as well. Yeah. Um, so I just Googled, like, um, yeah, meditation classes in Adelaide, found, it's called the Australian School of Meditation in, in North Adelaide, um, went, had no idea what I was getting myself into or what it would be like. Um, it was a really nice environment. And then all of a sudden, I, they started to get out these guitars and started chanting. Mm, yeah, there <laughs> you go. Was you going on. That was weird. Yeah, but it, I was very open-minded to it, and they give you a bit of a sheet and with a dance on it, and you don't have to chant out loud, so I'll just, I'll just sort of say it in my head and, I guess, go with the vibrations of it. And you get, I mean, when you do start out something, it's going to be pretty, sorry, start out something new. It could be a bit challenging and you're not sure, but I kept on going back um, still never chanted out loud but always <laughs> in my head and it was one of the best things I ever did and not only that like I came out with some of after those sessions I would come out not only helped I guess with my situation that I was in having challenging time but I came out with some of the best like business ideas I've ever had mm, absolutely at that time. opens your mind but exactly it opens your mind you slow down um it's just a real calming thing and I think it's something that and I think it's becoming a bit more mainstream but as you said before like they've been doing that for a thousand years, mm. like in like the Eastern, yeah. like Buddhist um, traits and things like that. It's, it's just a common thing, and yes, it's become a bit more westernised and even a bit more what's the word um, corporate, if you like. But it's, mm. it's such a powerful thing if you can find something that works for you. And there's a lot out there. Like you can, you might just um, start with an app, trying a five minute one each day. Um, as a way just to get in the habit of doing some breathing um, activities and, and then you might go to a class or something like that. But, yeah, it's just such a valuable thing, the the, the meditation and the, the mindfulness and mm. breathing, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, very powerful. It's all part of humanology, which we've lost, you know, mm. to be able to do this stuff. Um, you know... You're right. Like I was exactly the same. I went to the Buddhist center and uh, I just kept showing up, you know, because I knew what it what it was doing was was hard, but I needed to do the work to move through it. Yeah. Uh, and and the chanting and all that that was foreign, but what it actually did was it just neutralised my mind. Mm. This this is a pathway that we don't know because, you know, the education system is all about switching our mind on. Now, this is about mm. switching it off, but also giving you the awareness where you are conscious without uh, being stressed, anxious, or depressed, or, or in fear, you know? Uh, yep. It actually gives you harmony, you know, get your harmony back. And, and 
mate, the Beatles did it. Um, you know, all these, uh, all these, uh, you know, wise, wise individuals have practiced this sort of stuff because they know it works. You know, we're going to try and make it mainstream, and and that's that's a big part of what I want to do more of is to be able to get out and and teach these skills to people because I think it's definitely needed. Um, you know, moving forward. Mm. Yeah, just so do you work um, like with with what you who are your input there? And I'll just ask you a question about: Are you focusing on um, men in like outback areas in particular, or women as well? Yeah, uh, pretty pretty much men, but also both, mate. I have some tremendous yep. success with women. Um, yep. You know, I've I've been um, uh, been really lucky where I've managed guys for most of my adult life. You know, like large workplace uh, workforces in in industrial environments and all that. And I've seen it all. You know, I've managed mm. athletes and I've. Um, you know, been in corporate life and all that, but it doesn't discriminate, mate, with regards no, to this exactly. stuff. You know, if you can provide skills and tools and, and that uh, to be able to help a human, um, you know, harmonise, uh, it's beautiful what, 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 what occurs. You know, I, I taught a yoga class yesterday. This, this girl that was in there had a, an amazing shift that she'd had, you know, stuck within her for years and through mm. her body uh, it helped release stuff and uh, she just walked out of there like completely healed um yeah. <laughs> like last week uh, i did one up in rockhampton where uh, a girl had had lost her sense of smell for six months she'd been to all specialists all around the state no good and after the class she got a smell back is that right yeah so it's that sort of stuff you know um yeah. it's really powerful you, you you give people the empowerment to to shift through things themselves and it's amazing what the body can do the the, the body's so much smarter than the mind and the ego you know we're just mm. going to give it give it space and uh and the ability to be able to uh to to get back to balance again and, and then things then things then things start to work for us rather than against us and i, I think we've been trained and educated to disempower us and um also you know um not be in tune with ourselves. If we can be in tune with ourselves, it's amazing what we're able to do and what we're capable of. Mm, yeah, absolutely. You know? I cannot agree more. Yeah. It's, um, as I said, like, it's just that practice though, isn't it? It's actually, it's a, it's a skill, it's a practice that we need to work on. It's not going to happen overnight. And yeah. as you said, it's kept on rocking up to the Buddhist um, <laughs> place. And yeah, you just, it's like, it's like going to the gym. Like, you can't expect results overnight. You've got to keep rocking up show yeah. up and do the work and then you start to see the results down the track that's so, right yeah I, I made it it's just you gotta that's the thing like i was a young fellow i always wanted results straight away mm. you, you've got to keep you got to keep doing the work and um it's it's that's an important part of being human um yeah. you know the ancient traditions talk about what's called jup it's that repeat 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 and that's what we've got to do to keep ourselves in harmony you know the animal kingdom know what to do out there. They're they're doing what nature intended. We're not, you know. So we're gonna we're gonna try and get back to that that equilibrium again. I think it's really important. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you know. More. So go ahead. No. So yeah, can't agree more, mates. Um, it's yeah. It's it, the times just yeah. It's interesting in that, like reflecting on what we're talking about now, and it's just I think even in a conversation, it's just highlighted more and more that. Um, yeah, we need to get back some of those things that we used to perhaps do and because um, we, we get things so quickly now like mm. through technology that sometimes we forget that we do need to put in the work and have that patience to get the results, particularly young people because they're, a lot of them haven't um, done any different. They expect stuff, stuff straight away, but going into the workforce or um, different challenges that, might come up like sometimes these things take work to be able to get the result yeah absolutely that, that's right mate and that's why what you're doing is really important because if you can keep you know demonstrating the importance of this sort of stuff then people start to embrace it you know uh, that's what i don't like about you know the wellness system or the well-being system is it's band-aid fixed stuff you know it's got to be stuff that's uh, that's implemented and, and introduced and reinforced consistently you know in a school in a workplace um, in a club, all that type of stuff. They've got to really embody this sort of thing. Or I just think it's the only way to be able mm. to to be consistent. Um, you know, yeah. we've, we've got this uh, really reactive approach in modern society, but we've got to be proactive. Uh, I think more and more. Oh, definitely, hundred percent. And that's one of the things that um, 
I mean, is, is a place for it. So a lot of schools will have the wellbeing coordinator, um, but and it's not not necessarily their fault. But they end up dealing with the issues that happen. Mm. So the intention might be to put um, in preventative or interventions, but if the if their role, if they're the only person in their role, or it's a part time role, they just don't have the capacity to do everything. Mm. So it normally gets um, put into that reactive where they have to react to whether it's behaviour management or different issues that come up, that ends up being their role. Mm. But if we can get into our schools um, a really good, like, solid, robust programs that teach kids the skills or young people the skills um, that we're talking about today, like being grateful and self-awareness and um, empathy and positive reflection and serving others and really important skills, like, it's, it's going to hold... Um, not only the individual, but society in good stead moving forward. Mm, um, and also, yeah. you know, from a financial point of view, from the government, like, there's, it's like a billion, billions and billions of dollars we spend on um, mental health a year. And obviously, yes, there's, it needs to be done because that's the approach that we're taking. But if we can reverse that amount of money that gets put into prevention, 10 years' time, who knows where we'll be? Mm. It's going to take time. Yes. But... If we can reverse the approach, it's it's something that I think can really have positive impact on um, our society, and then it can help in other areas as well. From um, I guess a financial point of view, that we spend a lot of money on. So just the whole practice and the prevention, rather as you said, reactive. It's such a yeah. I agree with you. That's one of the reasons, or main reason, why I started growing with gratitude. Um, not only been a primary school teacher, that's my background, but mm. and I, that's what I know, but teaching young people the skill to deal with situations from young age is a really powerful, preventive um, thing and well, most importantly helpful for, the, helpful for the individual, but yeah, beneficial for society as well. Mm, no doubt, mate. You talk about the billions of dollars that go into it, it's all reactive, you know. Mm, a lot 100%. of these organisations that are out there running around doing the work, uh, they're only uh, income focused, they're not outcome focused, you know. There's not a lot mm. of focus around what's actually happened to an individual and the shift that they've had in their life. It's about providing a service when there's something wrong. You yes. know, I just think we've got to be really like, and this is where government is disempowering us, you know, they've got to flip their thinking and say, right, we're going to invest in organisations that are out there really making a difference here if they're serious about it. Because let's face it, unhealthy people are pretty good for the economy. They they buy pills, they, um, you know, they keep uh, economies going. But mm. my, my vision is we've, we've completely got it ass about, and that's been, um, that's been manufactured, that, that mindset. But really, yeah. the, the, the power of being a human is, uh, is quite simple uh, if mm. we actually give ourselves tool, tools to empower ourselves. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, just thought, I can't remember what I saw. It might have been a social media post that popped up, but, or it might have been... Well, I can't remember. Anyway, but basically what it was, exactly what you said then, like 80% of the funding, or say like that, let's use easy numbers, $10 billion, it's more than that, but say $10 billion, 80% of that $10 billion gets spent on prevent, uh, sorry, on, um, on reactive, and only 20% gets spent on the um, mm. uh, uh, prevention. Yes. And, and the point of this post was let's see if we can flip that around. Yep, absolutely, um, yeah. yeah. And, so true. Very true. And a lot of that gets spent on administration too. Mm. Yep. You know, not, not service delivery and, and that type of thing. And uh, yeah, mate, that, that's why it's important we're having this conversation. And uh, yeah, I just reckon there's people out there now that are starting to wake up to it. And, um, uh, you know, I look at the health system in general when I was a young fella, it was there just to fix uh, wounds. But now it's there to fix mental health problems. It's there to to fix, you know, non-communicable disease, all this stuff that's been, you know, introduced so much over the last 50 years, um, you know, let's get back to actually giving people the ability to um, to, to self-manage themselves, oh, I think, um, you know, is really important. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, the way the, the society has gone and um, the way the systems are sort of directing us is um, is to continually spend money on, um, on, on those... Uh, uh, you know those well fixing poor health once poor health's achieved but you know to to maintain um, good health I think people need to be more rewarded for that yeah absolutely I, th- I think you're, you're right it's some 
there's a little bit of awareness and it's shifting just a tad, but yeah, a lot more work needs to be done, doesn't it? It's, mm. um, I think we're going in the right direction, but yeah, it's, it needs more work and uh, reverse that funding model and I think we can get a long way for sure. Yeah, absolutely, mate. So with regards to gratitude, um, how has that changed your life as an individual? When did you start to actually start to bring this sort of uh, yeah. stuff into your own game and how's it been, um, you know, um, I suppose for you as an individual with what it's done for you professionally but also personally over your journey? Mm. So I first came across, um, I guess, positive psychology as a thing. Yep, Martin Back Seligman. About, yeah, Martin Seligman's sort of work. There's a few others, a guy called Sean Acor, um, who wrote a book called The Happiness Advantage. Um, and I came across their work in about 2010. Uh, and actually, it was a bit of a random way it came about is that I was looking into property investing at the time um, and the, the so-called, I can't remember who they were, but they these successful property investors kept on talking about this thing about how gratitude led to their happiness, then happiness led to their success. Mm. I just did not get the connection about, for a start, how gratitude leads to happiness and then not only how happiness leads to success, but it sort of, I guess, piqued an interest. So I started looking into it. And that's where I came across, um, like, Seligman's work and um, a book, Sean Acor's book and um, a few others, and I realised there's a science behind it and you can actually practise to be a more grateful person. Mm-hmm. And coming from a sporting background, I totally it resonated in that, okay, well, the more you practise something, the better you get. Yep. And um, Tony, Tony Robbins, the guru, self-help guy, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he had a quote, that I heard once saying, gratitude is useless unless you practice. Yeah. And I didn't quite get that either. And then um, reflecting back on it, after I did start practicing, I totally got it. So I think it's fair to say that most of us know what gratitude is. If you ask um, anyone, they'll say, oh, it's been thankful for what we have and appreciation and things like this. But it's a difference between actually practicing and actually knowing what it is. Yes. So once you actually practice, and there's so many different ways you can practice, and it, I mean, you hear about writing three things you're grateful for each day. It's a good, good way to start. Definitely a good way to start, but that can get a bit boring over time. But mm. highly recommend that as a starting point. But what I found is what I described before. Like I noticed that because I did start to get into practice, I started to notice more positives that were happening. I noticed that I was able to, as I said, use my self-taught to put things in perspective coming from a place of being grateful and had a massive shift. And it helped get some through some really tough challenges as well. So, as I said before, not everything's going to go away in life, whether that's relationship breakdowns, um, issues at work, um, health. There's a lot of negative things that will happen in our life, but mm. there's so much good out there as well. Like, during the pandemic, yes, it's not ideal at all, but there's still always something to be grateful for, no matter what. Yes. Oh, um, absolutely, but- mate. Like, you look at some of the... The, the wisest people on, on earth, when they've had tragedy, they've actually seen the positive out of it mm. and they've been able to move move through that, you know. When you lose a partner or, you know, you might lose a child, unfortunately, through tragedy, you actually can look at it and say, well, I'm really grateful for the time we were able to spend together and, mm. you know, rather than, rather than sort of, you know, be caught up in all the disappointment. A bit like going to a funeral in, in Western society where... We're all commissary and and so forth with regards to you know the life person's life ending, but we're not really celebrative of the individual and what they've actually brought to our lives and what they've brought to the world sometimes as well. Yep, absolutely. I think there's something. Oh, I can't remember. I was reading a book and they were talking about. I can't remember what culture it was, but they celebrate a person's life for seven days after or ten days or something after they pass away. Like yeah. it's not. It's not a. Um, a morning thing it's more of a celebration of that person's life um which is really interesting actually uh, i found um but yeah i mean for me again it's like going back to the gratitude thing it's um just a practice like and there's and another actually activity i actually just came from a school session before and we did it there but you can do it at home as well and i've shared this with kids but also i've shared it with adults and that you get like a, a little um like a sticker label or a post-it note sticky note and just find maybe two or three things around family home or around even if you live by yourself, find something around the home that you can be grateful for and stick that sticker mm. on just to identify it. Mm. So like things like your, your bed, 
right, or a fridge to keep your food fresh. Just sticking that sticker on it as a way to identify, just to remind us those little things that we can be grateful for, these things that we have in our home. Because sometimes we just take them for granted because they've always been there. Yes. But focusing on those good things, there's so much good around us. And just noticing the those um, small things mm. is really... And um, I've just got a mental blank. I normally call them something. I just can't remember what I normally call them... Um, that it's gone. But anyway, just basically those small things in our, in our home or um, out of society, like I get the kids to do in the classroom. Like, what are you grateful for that you've got in the classroom? Um, and then encourage them to go and do it at home as well. Mm. A great activity for us to remind ourselves of what we do have. And going to school, like, and I explain students, so look, going looking back on now, I went to school every day um, and just took it for granted because we always had it, which is a continual thing that was always there. But it, it's good to sometimes just stop and reflect on what we do have, for example, in the classroom or home that we can be grateful for. And it doesn't have to be the major things, like um, some of the students today, um, one of the boys put um, it on the carpet because they had carpet in the classroom and he said that some schools, some kids that go to school have dirt floors. Mm. And it's true, like some people, depending on where in the world, do. So it's just reminding ourselves just those little things that we do. Um, take for granted and appreciate like showing that appreciation towards those things because it doesn't matter there's always something to be grateful for and if you're having a bad day going through a bit of a rough time just resetting and just having a look around and seeing those things that you can be grateful for is a great place to start whether that's observing it writing it down putting stick labels on it um, it's good practice to get into for sure mate and and yeah you're right like i've just had some flashbacks then of you know, like I used to be pretty much all like that. I remember going to India years ago and just seeing people with nothing being happy, you know, and, and being grateful for able to play cricket with a stick uh, rather yeah. than a cricket bat. And then I got home and I got rid of a lot of the stuff that um, that I didn't need. And, uh, um, yeah, you know, that's a great reminder for me now to, to actually be grateful for everything I'm looking at around this, uh, this place where I am, you know, and grateful mm-hmm. for where I, I am today. Um, you know, because where I was two years ago was totally different. Where I was two years ago before that was totally different. And, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. we're still alive. We're still having these conversations. That's something to be grateful for. Oh, but yeah. the mind can just take us to the negative and get stuck in the negative really quickly. Mm. And if you're, and, and yeah, just on that, what you said, you had that experience where you went to India and saw some of those things in action. Mm. Um, sometimes it does take an event like that to experience it to make, I guess, switch that thinking. But um, some people might not have had that experience, but it doesn't matter. I think we can imagine our, like we can still use our imagination and put ourselves in that situation and understand how that might be feeling, even if we haven't actually experienced our and seen ourselves in like a real life experience. But um, it probably has a bit extra weight to it, but mm. it's definitely, it doesn't mean we still can't um, reflect on those things and of how lucky we are to have them, even if you haven't experienced the, um, the, or poverty yourself in your life or seen it in action. Does that, yes. does that make sense? Absolutely, it does, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. You know. It's one of those things. And, and also, like relationships, like you might be in a relationship, then all of a sudden things go pear shaped and you resent each other. Like, if you stop and think about it and think, well, hang on, there's still a lot of good in this person. Um, and having those, just probably reflecting about like the, the good in that person it's a good way to shift your perspective a little bit as well um yeah. whether that's some of your work that you don't get along with or um as I said a part like having a partner issue or something like that this this way is good within people yes. sometimes we just have to dig a bit deeper to find that um as well and that can that can help you just i guess not get frustrated as well mm. um with situations when it comes to dealing with other relationships or fears or whatever it is, um, it's a good reset uh, of a mindset as well to try to find the, the good in the people, even though it's not easy to do. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. But it, it, it can really help um, for your own benefit, really, just to get you through sometimes. Yeah, absolutely, mate. An awesome reminder, you know. Oh, just on that, um, you know, everything happens for a reason in life and you might have uh, an expectation of an outcome and it mightn't go your way. But sometimes if you can actually see what, uh, what the diversion is and uh, why you're not getting what you want, 
uh, to be able to learn from that, uh, I think it's really important. Like I had a personal situation yesterday um, that, you know, I went in with an intention and um, I'm not usually like that. I'm, I'm usually quite open, but I had to express this and, and then the individual guided me in a different way than what I thought it was going to be guided and I actually like saw the growth in that. Mm. And, uh, you know, if I had had a fixed mindset, then uh, I'd be probably still in a, in a you know, a pissed off um, mood now. Yes, no, I understand. You know? Definitely, it's... Um... It's, it's it's such a skill. Right? I know I keep talking about skill and practice, but yeah, there's that fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. That's um, yeah, really powerful. Oh, the Carol Dweck um, book. Um, what's the book called? Yeah, it's um, it's called Growth. No, is it called Growth Mindset? Not sure, mate. I'm not a, not uh, a huge reader. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, yeah. yeah, it's a really good book on the whole fixed mindset versus um, growth mindset. Just um, escaped my mind, but yeah. Mm. It's, Great practice to have, for sure. Mm. Oh, absolutely, mate. And yeah, like when you when you're just expecting something, you know that that's one of our traps as humans. You know, having an expectation. You go in with your eyes wide open and, and explore the journey and experience the journey. Then usually the results come. You know. Yeah. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that, yeah, just on that, the, the Carol Dweck book is called Mindset. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of thought went into that name. <laughs> Absolutely. But, um, yeah, no, really important skills for sure. Yeah, mate. The stuff they probably should have taught us at school. You need to go back to the education department and say, how about we do this instead of doing algebra? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> mate, how, um, how can people get hold of them if they want to like, uh, look at you getting uh, to do some work for them or maybe go into their school and uh, do some education or maybe some consulting for them? Absolutely, mate. So yeah, um, growing growingwithgratitude.com.au is the website. Um, I've got a book coming out later in um, September, so you can pre-order that now. And if you go to the website, it's just on the homepage to pre-order the book. It's um, about pretty much implementing wellbeing programs in classrooms across the school and also in the family home. Mm. Um, a lot of activities, um, yeah, a lot of actionable ideas in there that you can apply. Um, so there is the book that you can get on the web, um, yeah, the homepage of the website. Um, yeah, feel free to reach out as well um, to me personally on info at growingwithgratitude.com.au. That'll mm. come straight through to me on the email and um, yeah, more than happy to help in any way I can. Awesome, mate. You're doing, doing, doing some amazing things and it's so important, you know, you're, you're tapping in. I always talk about the higher levels of consciousness. You know, love, gratitude, kindness, compassion. Be able to go out and do education on 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 those matters. I think is is so important. You know, rather than than um, an education around fear and shame and guilt and greed. You know, we've got too much of that in life. We've got to reverse that to the the better stuff. And you know, you're got to be really proud of yourself for doing what you're doing and uh, and helping young people get this into their game now. No, I really appreciate that, mate. And one of the yeah things that one of the reasons why I'm doing it is because I wish I learned these skills when I was younger. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was anyone's fault. I just don't think it was awareness around to learn the skills um, back when I was going through primary school. So just trying, uh, I guess, yeah, help help young people with some really important skills that um, that can help them and uh, mm. yeah, give I guess help society in general. So. Um, appreciate those kind words, mate. Yeah, same with you, but I really admire what you're doing there, particularly um, in the regional areas, um, helping out people and uh, making a difference in their lives too. Yeah, thanks, mate. It's a challenge, but, you know, I think things are starting to, you know, hopefully evolve and, you know, it's just, yeah, like, you know, as I said, two years ago in a different position than what I was, um, you know, two years before, and I reckon in two years' time things will be completely you know different again you know and, and actually being excited about that journey rather than being stuck on um on you know what could have been possibly you know actually like being open and having that gratitude practice i think will open your heart more so you can be open to receiving i guess yeah. uh rather than being blocked from receiving it's really important yeah definitely 100 percent. and i think um with old gratitude people just to add one more thing is another way that it really works well is getting after your goals and having a go at different things like mm. and the worst that can happen well it doesn't work out but and you've got so much to be grateful for mm. 
right, no matter what. So I can't remember who said it, but um, there's a bit of a quote around um, be grateful for what, where you get after your goals. Yeah. And then if it doesn't, if you don't reach your goals, it doesn't really matter because you've got all this stuff to be grateful still. And if you, you do reach it, well, then you've got that to be grateful for too. So you never can really lose out of it. No, you can't. That's right. And if the, the outcome doesn't go the way you want, there's always growth and learning in it, I guess. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Important, Appreciate stuff, Important stuff, mate. Important stuff. We, we, we get stuck on the, you know, if, if the, what ifs, the what ifs and the coulds and the shouldas if we lose something, but we don't actually like see what uh, what goods come from it, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Mate, love the chat. Thank you very much. I'm sure we're going to have more in the future, and I, I want to get down there at some stage, um, so it'd be good yeah, to, uh, yeah, try and catch up. Yeah, definitely, no. Thanks for, the, uh, thanks for the opportunity to come on, mate. Really enjoyed it. Hopefully the listeners got a bit from our conversation today. My word.